not a double standard. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like a double standard, but it's not. Come on, come on. It's the $6 It's not about the money. It's the principle. And I'm like, no, you have to do more than just show up. So, I mean, I don't feel like you have to do much. Come on, bitch, that beat come in so hard and so nasty. Hey y'all, so before we get started with today's show, uh, I just got a few things to come and say to let y'all know about what we got going on and what we got coming up. So first, remember how I always say, hey, follow, like, subscribe, rate our content. It really helps the show and it's free. I always say that and I say I'm not asking for money yet. Well, guess what y'all, it's yet. We asking for a little bit of money. (laughs) So... We have an amazing fundraiser uh, for just people who support the show, people who have been with us from day one, people who are shooting with us in the gym. We're really trying to grow the show, trying to grow the content, and we we want y'all support and we would appreciate your support. So check our social media on Tuesday when this episode drops and we have some vintage buttons that we are selling. They're only $7. That includes shipping, so we'll ship wherever you are. Free ship, you don't have to pay for that. Seven bucks for a vintage button, and it's really, really cute. But also, if you get this button, you will definitely show that you was with us from day one because we have a lot of changes coming up, and that probably includes some of the graphics. So these this button is for all of our day one people. So check our social medias so that you can get you a vintage button. It will really help the show, really help support the show. It's only seven dollars. And uh if you ain't got it, that's cool. You still gonna get the show for free. But if you got it, we will really appreciate your support. Uh, so I didn't say this at the end of this episode, so I'm going to say it now. Make sure y'all like the content, subscribe to the content, share the content, and follow our YouTube page. So YouTube page is coming up. There are some visuals up there now, but we're going to have the whole episode ready for you guys on Tuesday. So follow our YouTube page. It is Short Answers, Long Discussions podcast. Search us up on YouTube. I'll put the link on our social medias as well. Or you can even go to our um, IG page and click on our um what is it called? My bad. <laughs> Click on our link tree and it's in there as well. All right. So I don't want to take too much of y'all time because it's a long episode, but it's really good. So make sure y'all listen all the way through. All right. Bye. All right. What's up, world? This is your girl, Rachel. And this is your boy, Mike. And you are listening to Short Answers Long Discussions. Welcome back. What's up, Mike? How's your week been so far? My week is my week has been Well, I guess the week. beginning of the week. How was your last week? It is Sunday. Yes. Yeah, so. uh, last week was is is stressful. I'm I'm training folks up at at work. I I noticed that you were kind of stressed. Listen, you seemed like it was uh, taking you a lot. A lot. To get this is this is not together. what I signed for. Signed up for. Yeah. As, as far as this job, I was like, oh, y'all trying to excel me? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to lay back in the cut and do my job and go home. See, that's what's wrong. Niggas <laughs> don't want to be uplifted. <laughs> they don't want to move to the next level. That's why niggas be niggas. Niggas be niggas. <laughs> That's been an adjustment for me. Okay. Well, my week was cool. I had a good week, and um, I'm about to have to get back on the grind this week coming because I had to go back to work. So I'm not excited. Already? Well, 
I have to go back for other reasons. Okay. You know, I don't want to say I'm lying. Yeah, I ain't going to put you. I'm wearing my list of last time. I ain't going to blast you like that. I ain't going to blast you like that. And we do have a guest in the studio today. So, what's up, Bunda B, girl? How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, these allergies are killing me, taking mm-hmm. me down. That's mm-hmm. why my voice sounds like this. But for the most part, I'm blessed. I'm here. Okay. And highly favored. And highly favored. You That's know what? right. Because what kind of black was I? Because you when somebody it. say blessed, yeah, you you're supposed it. to come back with you highly favored. You're right. You look at that card. My bad. Look at that nigga passport. My bad. Yeah, please don't take my nigga passport. I am nigga. I promise. I am. I am. <laughs> oh, so y'all, I'm so excited. First of all, this is our 25th episode. So at this point, we have reached all of the major milestones. Yeah, we're we like full of girls. We're grown. grown. That's we're true. Tucked right. We, we took. We took. We in. So <laughs> we are so excited about the 25th episode. I'm so excited about Bonda today. I was so excited about this guest because. It's going to be a solid episode. I feel like this is going to be a solid episode. I, I'm excited. Um, So Bonda, I like to talk about how I know every guest or whatever. So me and Bonda went to school together at UTA. Yes, we did. And so now she is an attorney in Dallas, a future judge. I'm I'm just gonna speak it. A black attorney. I, I receive gonna, it. I'm just gonna speak it until it exists. Uh, actually, yeah. as a matter of fact, let me just scratch that. Bunda is a judge. Wow. <laughs> Proclaim. She is a family court judge in Dallas County. <laughs> I love the foreshadowing. I, I love it. Too. I know. So when it happened, then we're going to play this and be like, we already called this. That's we, right. We already called this. It's old news. That's it. it. Oh, we we know that. that. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to UTA together, and it's so funny because we've been sitting here talking for a little bit before we started recording. And I was like, this is the same old Vonda. Same old. <laughs> oh, Cliff. I was That's like, my hey. <laughs> When I reached out to you, I was like, I don't know if she's going to do this. Like, she's an attorney. You know and that? She got a lot. But then I was like, when she said, yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> and then when she came, I was like, okay, let me try to at least straighten it up, make it look real professional. You know? <laughs> but she was still same old crazy body from UTA, funny, laughing. <laughs> Attorney that we just want to throw all type of prestige on these people. I know, right? I be feeling like oh, I can't approach you like I approach right. everybody for some reason. I don't know. Do well, you get that pressure from a lot of people? Not me personally. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I have an answer for that. I will say, prior to coming into the profession, I believe that attorneys did a really good job of the mystique mm-hmm. of what yeah, it means yeah. to be an attorney. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to keep your life private. You don't really want people to know who you are, and that's just not me. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I can take money from these people and they can tell me all their business, I should be able to let them know something about me. Mm-hmm. So I've never been that type of person that's so secretive mm-hmm. to the point to where I can't let people know that I go through the same issues that they go through. Yeah. I suffer from the same things that they suffer from. I hurt just like they do. I think it just goes to the heart of a person. And, you know, when you're thinking about 
someone representing you, you want somebody you're able to build a rapport with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only way you can do that is if they know something about you. That's true. Hey, when we we when we run this back, I'm gonna throw like some little American music in the background. I feel like oh, like some campaign music. That's what that was right That's there. A- <laughs> Got my vote, bro. <laughs> Got my vote for sure. You Just keep You, but you know what? I feel like that's so. That's kind of been the power of social media too. Oh like yeah. You get to see who people really are, and then these like prestigious expectations are mm-hmm. taken away, oh, yeah. and they need to be. And and we have to do a better job with visibility mm-hmm. and letting people know that you know I'm here for you. Yeah. I hurt the same way that you do. You know, when somebody passed away, I don't mind sharing that yeah. on Facebook. When I mess up or get in trouble, I don't mind sharing that on Instagram. I think we have to be more visible to the community just to let them know that we're human, too. We right. go through some of the same yeah. things. Right, right, right. Well, we appreciate it because, I mean, I promise you, you debunked me, child. Because I was like, <laughs> oh, she probably like real bugged up now. Oh, 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 I yeah, I really, listen, I put shoes off for you because most of the time I be walking around my side. Girl, but, but I text you and said, is this going to be yeah. fun? Because I was trying to figure out what I needed to put on. Because <laughs> I, I was going to be relaxed. You know, we've been uh-huh. all this time. Uh-huh. T-shirt, house shoes, so that's silly. me. <laughs> Y'all was like, let me at least put on some tennis shoes. So, you know, but, uh, but also, we are so glad that you were here today. So yeah. we I'm glad go to ahead. be here. Yeah, because I need answers. Yeah, we need answers. Oh, this has been very spicy questions because people being real upset and bad when it comes to family loss. I'm really excited about this. So I will say this episode, I am not going to be the time police as much as I am normally. So this might be a little longer than normal. So if it is too long for you, then... Listen anyway. Yeah, right. right. No, no, don't no, turn don't it turn it off. Listen anyway. You might learn something. Just play it, even if you ain't listening to. <laughs> <laughs> Tell these folks to turn it off. No. <laughs> That's right. We don't have that many subscribers yet for us to be cocky like that. <laughs> First, quickie topic. I'm gonna let you just explain this one, Mike, because I don't know the story as well. Okay, so Rachel Nichols, right? Mm-hmm. She's a, a a sports reporter, and she mainly works in the NBA, right? And she and she has a lot of a lot of uh, TV time. And so it comes up as Maria Taylor, Maria Taylor, another black uh, sports retort- reporter. She does NBA and she does football. I've seen her in both. She, uh, I guess something came up to where the NBA wants more diversity uh-huh. in their positions. And bravo to the NBA. Right. But the position that was in question was uh, Rachel Nichols. Okay. And so she went on a, somebody recorded her and whoever recorded her, like, they a hoe for that. I ain't going for it. You over here <laughs> recording private conversations, bruh, and leaking it out. Like, that's that's some hoe shit. But anyway. Uh, people do that often, though. They do that often, but you, you shouldn't be around them people. Especially in family court. Oh. Don't get into it. it. Okay. And so, um, uh, she said something spicy. She basically said something along the lines of, uh, I understand the NBA is trying to open up more opportunities for people of color and all that, but don't come from my position, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And so, I just want to know what y'all take is on that. All right, so three minutes starts three now? Three minutes, let's go. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to get mine first? You I can talk. first. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just feel like it is typical white people whiting. Um, 
And it's so funny because, like, when I listened to what she was saying, the gist of what she was saying is, like, pretty much, like, that she got this job because of affirmative action. Pretty mm -hmm. much, like, oh, you just got it because you're black. You know, you got this because of a law that's in place because they want to diversify, whatever. Insinuating that she's not as good at her job as, you know, the white lady is, whatever. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. to me, I feel like it's so funny when white women have these types of conversations because it is... White women historically have uh, profited or have gained more from affirmative action than any other minority group. So you probably in your position because of affirmative action. But now that it's working for somebody else, you have a problem with that. You gonna be fine, white woman. I'm sure there is somebody gonna take you for a job. Right. You gonna be cool. She still on the NBA jump. That's she what you, you good girl. Good day. Good day. Good day. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and it's, it's just funny to me when I hear, you know, white communities, white women in particular, talk about how they've been oppressed. Quote, mm. unquote. Um, you know, mm. because when it comes to us, it's always a qualification behind what it is that we're doing or why we're in a certain position. It's never because we have the qualifications in terms of education. Mm -hmm. We don't have the experience behind our name. We don't go out here and work 10, 20 times as hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always has to be something else. Yeah, yeah. you're good, but, but right. it's always that conjunction after it. It's so unfortunate, but, you know, that's just what textbook privilege is, right? Yeah. You know, where sure. you can feel as though you you can have it all, mm -hmm. but the moment someone gets a better opportunity or an equal opportunity, because mm -hmm. I can't say better, yeah, yeah, yeah. is reaching where you're at. Remember, right. this is 400 years of a head start. Right. right. We're just now catching up. Right. So to feel as though someone took something away from you because of affirmative action or because you're black, it's almost comical. Yeah. If mm -hmm. you think about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My so my issue is with her, and that's not even her, just with the white population in general. Uh, I was in agreement with everything she was saying until she got to the point where she was like, I wish nothing but Maria Taylor the best, you know, nothing but success, but get it, find it somewhere else. Right. And it's when white, this is why I don't really trust white people the way I trust, you know, black people. Yeah, people. Because when it comes to equal opportunity, that means somebody in power is going to have to give up their position at some point. There's no way around that. That's the only way we can get these opportunities. And white people, you know, they put on the facade like, ah, everybody should be, you know, treated equally. You know, I'm, I'm standing with black people. Black lives matter. It matters until it messes up with your livelihood. Right. Until it's and so, yeah, that's the only reason why I don't really, uh, I don't really care for white people like that, man. <laughs> Cause they're not gonna let us watch. There's no you can't. You go, have to force your way yeah, through the door. You can't. There's nobody that's. You can't go any time in history where people that are in power willingly give, give up, up the power. power. Right. Bill Cosby, y'all. So um, I don't know if you've been under a rock somewhere, but if you've been under a rock for the last couple weeks. Uh, Bill Cosby was recently released from prison. Mm -hmm. So we kind of, and I'm glad that we actually have Bundy here because now we got a real legal expert here. Because you know, we just be popping shit. We don't know what's going on. We don't know. We just give our two cents. <laughs> uh, but now we got somebody legal here. So we're going to see what she says. So 
I think I feel like in order for me to tell the gist, you kind of got to go back a little bit. So in 2002, he was accused of drugging and raping a young girl, okay? Or a, a young woman. I don't want to say girl because she was of age, okay? So he was accused of that, okay? So it wasn't until 2016 that the um, DA decided to bring up these charges and try to try to pursue the case, okay? When they tried to pursue the case, they felt as if, because there was only one woman at that time who was saying these things, so they felt as if this was a case they could not win. So because they felt as if this was a case they could not win, they struck a deal with Bill at the time to, if he tells what happened, then he will be immune from these charges. And then they will just, and he end up paying out a monetary of value to that girl or whatever. Okay, so that's what happened. But this deal was not written on paper. It was a verbal agreement. So because of that, Bill went on and told what he did or whatever. So once he told what he did, somehow it came out and then more women started coming forward. Okay, so more women started coming forward to the tune of like 40. Okay. So, because so many women came forward, they then decided, well, we're going to go ahead and pursue this legally. So, they used his testimony in order to convict him of this one, one situation, the initial girl in 2002, because her hers was like, it was like right on the border of um, the statue. Thank you. Yeah. Statue of limitation. So they convicted him for this one woman, but they called all these other women up as character witnesses in his trial or whatever. So that is why he was convicted of um, drugging and rape, sexual assault or whatever. So um, now, fast forward to today, his attorneys have been trying to fight to get him out. And their pretty much their legal basis was that he had already struck a deal that that, that testimony should have been that should have immunified him to where he would not be legal or he wouldn't be prosecuted based on his testimony. Okay. So that's the loophole, I guess you could say as to why he was able to get out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and be I don't want to say exonerated cause I don't know if that really exonerated him, but is that exoneration or what? <laughs> well, that's not exoneration. He yeah. was just released. Okay. Exactly. He was released, but yeah, exactly. So, all right, so what are y'all thoughts on the Bill Cosby situation? I'm going to let the judge go first. Okay, so we're going to stick to the three minutes this time. Okay. Well, it's multi-layered. Let me just say I was really disheartened when I heard the outrage of a lot of attorneys mm-hmm. because this is the hallmark of the reason that we pursue law. You want to make sure that people's rights are protected. Let me just say, I don't know how many power fans we have out there, but 50 cents when he played the, you know, Kane, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. He he told... Tariq about his daddy ghost. He said he did that shit. Mm-hmm. So Bill Cosby did that shit. Right? <laughs> we know he did it. We know. He admitted know to he, he did, did yes. him yes. doing it. But here's the issue, the legal issue. It was what's called prosecutorial misconduct. It is unethical to tell powers. somebody to strike a plea deal, essentially. Yeah. And you tell somebody that they are 
they will get immunity for pretty much telling what went on yeah. because that was part of the deal. Mm -hmm. He he tell what actually happened and he pays restitution. That's the fee that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. You cannot then turn around and use someone's testimony in a plea agreement. Yeah. Right? Pretty much a settlement. Mm -hmm. You can't even... Settlements are even inadmissible it. in yeah. court. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So to turn around and bring charges upon that person for the very thing that they agreed to testify for yeah, yeah, yeah. is completely and utterly a mis misconduct by the prosecution and it is a miscarriage of law. Yeah. So when you look at it from the legal stance, mm -hmm. the prosecutor was wrong. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. They messed up. If you can't get him that way, then you find another way because you're you're just going to take an L on this yeah. because he only told you because of immunity. Yeah. Because think about it. Had he not said anything, it would have been their burden to prove what the charges were being brought against him. But I think that there was a likelihood that their evidence was not strong enough. No, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you had women that were coming forward that were then reneging on the things that they were saying. So they had a very weak case mm -hmm. yeah. without his testimony. So that in itself is what made it wrong. He shouldn't have never been brought. Um, charges should have never been brought against him for that testimony. Period. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I I would have to agree with Vonda. I mean, honestly, like she said, he did that shit. He <laughs> is a terrible person. I've never liked Bill Cosby even before this this situation came up. Just because I feel like he's one of those men. I was trying to tell people what they need to do with their lives, mm -hmm. and then you over here drugging and raping women. But this is even before I knew that. But. Um, I think because it's a dangerous slope, if you let that go and you prosecute him and put him in jail behind a testimony y'all already shook a deal, then where is it going to stop? You it know doesn't what I'm stop. So to protect other people's rights, I mean, honestly, I mean, y'all got to let him out of jail. I'm surprised that the DA even pursued this any further, knowing that that deal was there. But I don't even know how, I don't even know how this happened. Yeah. How is, who is the judge? Who is the... <laughs> Who who allowed all this to even go forward knowing there was a deal? How do we even get here? I don't even know why he was in jail at all, but that's just my two cents. I agree with the uh judge over. My that. The, when I saw it, I had I had a my initial reaction was that nigga does not need to be out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> and then my uh reaction right after that was like, damn, whatever loophole you use, I'm glad you use it. Cause these white folks get off all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so those are my two initial reactions to the whole situation. Uh -huh. But Bill Cosby, your ass need to be in jail. Yeah, you trash. Like you Bunking really are a trash person. You need to be bunking with R. Kelly. Yeah, that's you, what you need to be doing. You are not a good person, and I don't want people to think that he is. But nah. he did that shit, and it's disgusting and nasty. And I don't care what nobody else trying to say about. But well, those women knew this, that, the third, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a damn. If you up here, you cannot consent when you're drunk. Thank you, and not just drunk. But you are drugged, first like drugged. No, 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 no. Anyway, that's even enjoyable sex. That's a whole that's another a whole topic. That's yeah, another topic. That's like, another topic. Uh, you got fetishes and shit. <laughs> <last day>. <laughs> <laughs> Give 
background on the story of Tabitha Brown and Wendy Williams. So Tabitha Brown is a social media personality, but more so she's an actress. She's been in the acting world for quite some time and she's been trying to make it big acting or whatever. So, but we kind of know her from social media. Mm -hmm. I would say that's where she yeah. started blowing up. Um, so she is married her to her husband uh, for 23 years. She recently came out and said that she was retiring her husband Congratulations. from the LAPD. Can we, just, can we just take a moment and clap that That's a whole other segment that yes. we need to talk about yes. right there. We're going to have that conversation. That's gold. Absolutely. Have that conversation. That's but gold. She has been blessed enough to be able to retire her husband from the LAPD. Okay? So she was coming out. She was telling us about that. Wendy Williams' show picked up the story, and Wendy Williams comes on her show, and she's pretty much like, um, ah, dang it, I should have pulled up her words, but I, I'm going to paraphrase what she said pretty much, was that she doesn't uh, think that it's a good idea to retire a man like that didn't work for her and that she could see this relationship being on shaky ground. This was She did this little hand thing. <laughs> she could see this relationship being on shaky ground. Hi, Kettle. <laughs> In her soul for that Yes, like, but it was so nice and polite. Not one curse word, not one elevation of voice. It was just here the whole time. And pretty much just tell her, like, you know, my situation is not your situation. Uh, I'm sorry you don't have anybody to love you like that to mm. put their life on the line mm. for you and your family. Mm. But my husband has been putting his life on the line for his family, and I don't want him to do that anymore. Mm. If he don't have to do that and he don't want to do that, I don't want him to do that anymore. Amen. Mm. So, um, what was y'all's thoughts about about the situation itself? So First of all, I don't. The Wendy Williams show still comes on TV. <laughs> I don't even. Watch I don't know TV, nobody so I don't who know. watches this. <laughs> if it don't stream, I don't watch it. Exactly. There's people that are home during the yeah, day. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm at home during the day. Well, well, let me let me clarify some more. People that are at home during the day that are retired normally, mm -hmm. because right. that's when I've seen it. When I've gone over to older relatives' house that are retired, mm -hmm. they're just home during the day, yeah. and they're watching something else, uh -huh. and it goes off, and her show, and her show up. comes on. Uh, yeah, okay. it's not that's like they're intentionally like, it's oh, the algorithm. No it's it's the algorithm. algorithm. It's that TV algorithm. algorithm. That's, what, that's what it is. Yeah, man. I was just like, this goes back to me and, and what Chris said too. Like, uh -huh. women and men value somebody value each other differently, right? Yeah. And so, whenever a woman does something that's more in the the landscape of what, what men, men do, to be the, mm -hmm. they they either look at the woman funny, like what? Why are you doing this? Or they look at the man as he's uh, incompetent. It wasn't like this nigga was a bum. Mm -hmm. My man was a police officer. He was working, mm -hmm. and they, you know, police depending on the tenure. You know, they've been married twenty three years. So he I'm was in the police force for fifteen years. So I'm pretty sure he, he's bringing home a nice chick. Right. It ain't like he's a bum. Right. Right. But, she didn't understand the concept. My man is literally risking his life every day. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that. And so I'm going to retire my husband. Okay. And congratulations to you. You did that yes. shit. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Play here. that thing. Okay. Uh, now, I do want to say, first of all, I would never go against Tabitha Brown. Okay. I agree with her situation completely. 
But I think that if this was not Tabitha Brown, because everybody loves her, if this was like a regular, just regular, regular smegular girl from around the way, I do think a lot more black people would give her a look like, uh, so you gonna be working to get me and not working? Like, I do feel like she would have got that. I also feel like I understand where Wendy's point of view was coming from, but I feel like as Tabitha said, her situation, not your situation. The difference, and I want to explain that. The difference to me is Tabitha Brown's husband worked and supported the family for 15 years mm -hmm. of their relationship. And now he can he can rest. You've, you've done your job. You can rest well, my son. Sit down. With your mans, Wendy Williams <laughs> and Kevin... Kevin rode your goddamn coattail from day one, okay? Kevin ain't never really had no real job like that. Kevin ain't really, never really had no real career like that. Kevin pushed away all of your friends. He's messed up, like, major deals that you had on the table, working relationships. Kevin messed your bag up. Yeah, this, and this is, like, documented. Many people have come out and said horrible things about Kevin. I don't know anything who's, anybody who has ever said anything positive about Kevin. You was the one, even with all of that evidence, you is the one who decided to still... I'm a, I'm a stick by him. That's my man. I, that's my man. I'm a stick beside him. I'm a stick beside him. And then when you turn around and you stuck beside him, he still was over here uh, having a whole other relationship outside of you and supporting that relationship with your money and having that woman in a house like around the corner from you. You know what I'm saying? Like in your area. You know, so... Y'all are not the same. <laughs> Y'all are not the same. So you can't project what happened to you into Tabitha's situation because, again, y'all are not the same. You know, I felt as if Wendy had a lot of warning signs with her ex-husband and she chose to ignore them. And But, you know, women, and I, I, I'll say this because I'm a woman, a lot of women don't want to admit to the things that they did to put them in that situation. No, Kevin's not right for how he did Wendy. But what about the things that you did to allow that situation to continue and perpetuate? Because really, that shit should have been done a long time ago, girl. You let him get a whole nother baby, a whole nother house, a whole nother wife, and then he ended up leaving you. That should have never even happened, girl. You should have been cut dead. He left and wanted your money. Thank you. And then he tried to take you for everything. Girl, <laughs> sit down. But we're going to talk about that on Shout out to Kevin for the, for the smooth finesse. <laughs> My nigga, came up. My nigga came up, dog. <laughs> ah, the views expressed by Mike are not the views of Rachel or Short Answers Live Discussions, okay? Oh, man. So, Sha'Carri Richardson, our hometown hero, no matter what, girl. Triple D. Alright, so Shakari Richardson, um, I know it's been a few weeks, but we didn't we didn't tape last week, so we haven't had an opportunity to talk about this, and I really did want to talk about this because she is a detailed representative, so we got to we gotta have this conversation. Um, so Shakari Richardson, she just to sum it up, because I feel like everybody knows the story, but she was uh she is a track runner. She short short um Short story. Make a long story short. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. So, <laughs> help me out, Mike. You're sitting over here. I'm like, ah. What okay. <laughs> so, to make a long story short, she qualified for the Olympics. 
Uh, she later tested for a um, a substance that is found in marijuana. She did all know to the fact that she, you know, she had been smoking. She had recently learned about uh, the death of her biological mother. And so, you know, her story is that, you know, she was coping. And so that is what she did. The, um, the National or American Track Association, they decided to suspend her for a month. Um, and so, and then she would not be able to run in a hundred meter, but there was still a chance that she was going to be able to run in a four by one. And so we've recently learned that they're not going to allow her to run at that either. Yeah, they didn't select her on the team. Yeah, so they did not select her on the team. So, uh, because of that, she's not going to be, she's not going to be in Tokyo. All right. So, um, even though she is the fastest woman in the United States, I do want to make that clear. Fastest the world. Not no, the not the world. She up there. She, she's she's up there. Look, yeah. look. She's top two. You know how y'all foreshadowed me. Oh, okay. Oh, the foreshadow. World. Come on. Foreshadow that. Foreshadow that. The world. She's only twenty one. She is. Yeah. She's going like she's the going world. To eventually, be the undisputed. Absolutely. Yeah. So okay, but we going on. I'm going to talk about it. So what was y'all's uh, thoughts about them not allowing her to run and all that stuff? My initial thought was, I feel so sorry for her. Like as once as somebody that is actually coping with a loss myself mm-hmm. I, I fully understand mm-hmm. you made an ill-advised decision I've been making ill-advised decisions mm-hmm. but at the same time I'm fully aware of the consequences that can come from these decisions, decisions that I'm making and she knew as well like she she admitted that she was like I knew what I was doing and I did it anyway and I was like well you well you actually don't deserve to be on the team. Right. Like I don't like I, I feel for you, I feel for your loss, but I agree that you should not be in the Olympics because you knew what you was doing. Okay. And you knew the consequences of it. All right, what about you, Vonda? I believe that at the age of twenty one, if we think about at the age of twenty one, it's not to make excuses for her. I believe she accepted accountability as mm-hmm. she should have for her actions. I believe that, you know, the world I don't want her to feel as though she let us down, mm-hmm. per se. If yeah, she yeah. disappointed anybody, it was just herself. And maybe the people that are in her immediate family that were depending on her for whatever reason. Because obviously we know as growing up in black families, when you come from a family that struggles and really don't have a lot, there mm-hmm. are a ton of people depending on you financially yeah. mm-hmm. to do good. Um, I'll just say at the age of 21, although she knew what she was doing was not the right thing to do. I don't think we're able to appreciate our actions at that age. I don't think she really appreciated the backlash Mm -hmm. that was going to come from it or whatnot. And because of that, you know, I just say, keep your head up. It's definitely not her legacy. Oh, it's for um, she will bounce back from this, like, and it, it won't be discussed later. And it, when it's discussed <laughs> yeah. later, it's gonna be one of them things like, yeah, y'all remember when? But yeah, look at right. her now. Yeah. You know, I 100% support Miss Richardson. I see a lot of myself in her. I was a track star, um, probably until the 10th grade. Then I looked in the mirror and thought I was cute, and I just said, I want to yeah, run track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I ran track. Paid off. <laughs> right, right. I ran track. Um, I was. Carter graduate. I graduated from Carter High School. I'm from Oak Cliff. So I feel like I see a lot of myself in her. So I just wish her the best and I just want her to keep going because she'll get wherever it is that she desires to be. She will get there. And you know, it it also, it makes me think about some of the younger athletes, even in the football arena, the basketball arena. When you're that young, 
you have that much fame, you mm-hmm. have that much attention and people looking at you and they set these expectations. A lot of times we do mess up yeah. because again, we can't appreciate everything. It's mm-hmm. the pressure. It's, you know, the expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the fear of letting someone down. So, you know, I think she had a lot riding on her shoulders. And again, it's not to make excuses. And I'm not going to beat her down because she already realized yeah. right. yeah, yeah, yeah. She, what she did. And she beats herself down enough, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So I think as a community, it's our job to encourage that young lady and to offer any type of assistance or whatever we need to do to get behind her. Because I think as a people... I don't think we do that enough mm-hmm. because it, it, you know, and not to go off on a tangent, but it's always surprising to me when someone in a white community loses something or they go through something, mm-hmm. they end up propelling to the next level, whatever it is. But when we fail or we fall short, we get stuck there. Yeah. Right. We need to offer that same support behind our people that we see other people doing. I agree. Um, I, I agree. I understand that she messed up. And so... You and you know I'm pro black woman at all costs, you know. So I really hate to have to hold this, you know, to this. <laughs> hold you accountable. I hate to have to say this, yeah, hold you accountable. But you know, if she's not able to run, I do understand it. I'm okay with it, but I'm not gonna slander her. Oh, absolutely. I'm not, not. gonna talk bad about her. She's 21. Yeah. At 21, the number of mistakes that I was out here making in these streets is just, Cash. I mean, we could we could write a book, we could make a list, we could, you know, and, and a little bit of weed definitely was like probably the bottom tier of the mistakes <laughs> that I was making. So, you know, she's human. I hope that she bounces back from this. Me too. Uh, I hope, I hope that she comes to Oh yeah, that. she'll bounce yeah. back. I hope that she's in Paris because the next Olympus is in Paris, right? I, I believe idea. so. I think yeah. it's in Paris, but I hope she's in Paris and I hope that it is fire coming up out the track from where she ran. Okay, oh, I hope you see actual flames. <laughs> that will be there will be no more tracks, sis. Yeah, she's gonna I, burn it up. I hope that you end up seeing like the mantle, Earth's mantle, like the crust because she has dug up everything from her feet, honey. So. I'm behind you, uh, Triple Dino, all day, Dallas representative, you Southside know what I'm saying? Uh, so, I ain't got nothing bad to say about you, girl, you know what I'm saying? You, you hometown hero forever. For, to That's me. right. Yeah. For real. Come on, bitch, that beat coming so hard and so nasty. We have Vonda here today, Judge Vonda B. I don't care, we gonna call her Judge Vonda B the whole time. Okay, so uh, we got Judge Bond to be here. Um, and so I feel like we've had so many, the the most feedback that I've gotten is when we're talking about like divorce settlements and child support and all that kind of stuff. That's so, not surprising. Okay. Out here having failed relationships. You know, so luckily for y'all, I know a judge. <laughs> Resourceful. And so I be resourceful, you know. So I know a judge. So I invited her also that we could talk about the family law, um, family law, and why these things are what they are. And then you know we gonna kind of dig a little bit too into like some prior things that she's done and what her experience is. It yeah, what yeah. her experience is is based on what she's done. So. I kind of have broken this up into segments where we'll talk about different parts of family law. And then uh, we're just going to get your take and we're going to, you know, we're going to throw our little two-seat in. We, 
Me and Mike are not the legal. <laughs> so don't be listening to us and what we, we, we talk about. Talk we going to talk our shit. We going to talk our shit. We going to pop our shit. But, but what you have to say is important. That, it, that came from the judge. That came from the judge. That's how she got my vote, man. That's how she got my vote, man. Alright, so we're gonna start with first. We're gonna talk about prenups and post-dubs first. Mm. So what is a prenup? A prenup is is short for a prenuptial agreement. That's pretty much an agreement between the parties. Um, just pretty much talking about how they're going to separate any property that existed prior to the marriage. And when I use the word property, I'm specifically talking about separate property. So separate property is anything acquired. Before a marriage takes place, it outlines if in the event of a divorce or something like that, how that particular property will be divided amongst the parties. Usually in a prenuptial agreement, the um, first of all, everything has to be disclosed. Okay, you can't legally sign a prenup not knowing everything that that person has that that person has, because that's where the issue comes in, because once you get married. Anything that's acquired from the date of marriage forward is community property, which means that your spouse has a 50% interest in it because we're in Texas. So um, prenuptial agreements just outline those Mm -hmm. type of things. Usually you see um, real property, which are like your houses, your land, those type of things. Um, You know, something that you inherited from a relative that passed away that left it to you as a gift. Um, it can be heirlooms like your great grandmother leave behind a ring that's supposed to be in the family. Those types of things. One thing that a prenuptial agreement does not cover, though, is anything related to children. So child support, mm-hmm. visitation, those type of things. Legally, it's not enforceable at all in a prenuptial agreement. Okay, so my question with the prenuptial agreement is because people always like, oh, well, you can just put it in the prenup. Just put it in the prenup. Can you put whatever you want in the prenup? Like, or does it only cover assets and things that you had before the marriage? So, like, if you are, like, a rich person, you're a majority, you know, you are making all the money. So, y'all got married. You out here buying properties and stuff. But this woman or this man didn't put in on none of those properties. But now that y'all are married, you're acquiring all these things while you're married. So can you put that in your prenup, like things that that happened during the marriage, or that's a no? Well, that's a great question. That's where the postnup comes in. And a lot of people in a prenup, um, I've seen people have a prenuptial agreement, and you can amend that prenuptial agreement. As long as it's, it's understood as an agreement between both of the parties... Even after you're married, if a prenup exists, you can go and amend the prenup. So let's just say hypothetically, you all buy a house after marriage. Well, legally, we know that's community property, right? Right. But you want to go and amend that um, prenuptial agreement and say that this house is specifically going to so-and-so and and I'm going to give you $15,000 in exchange, you know, if we... Divorce before five years because I know y'all have seen that with celebrities, right. Janet Jackson, right. you know, all these celebrities that have that. So you can make a prenuptial agreement as specific or broad as you want it, as long as it's an agreement between both of the parties. But typically, if a prenup doesn't happen and you get married, that's where the postnup comes. So you're essentially saying, yeah, this is community property legally. We're going to make certain assets 
still separate property. Okay. So at the time of divorce, it's understood that this is not a community property asset. Okay. So then, like, can you put in a prenup, like, if the spouse cheats, they don't get anything? You can. Remember, a prenup is an agreement. Uh -huh. This is not something that you go to court and the judge has to find what's just and right for each party. If the other party agrees to that, because they have to sign it, they have the right to have their own independent attorney review it. So if they agree to it, then yeah, a prenup can have anything in it that you want. Mm -hmm. And uh, you see a lot of celebrities mm -hmm. doing that because mm -hmm. they're trying to protect whatever it is that they want to protect during yeah, that yeah, time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it can be as, like I said, as specific or as broad as you want it. I never, I never knew about a postnup. Does once you uh, do the postnup, does it void the prenup? Not necessarily. They okay. both exist, and that's actually a great question because a lot of people don't know what's the steps after you do a prenup or yeah. a postnup. It's not like a will where you just sit it in a safe place and you tell one relative or or someone when you pass away. When mm -hmm. in the event you pass away, this is where I put the will. A prenup or a postnup. If you want to make it. Um, recognizable by the courts then you have to do that additional step which is called a um, declaratory judgment is where you're filing it with the court to let them know hey this is in existence yeah. so in the event of a divorce the court actually sees this declaratory judgment and they know exactly what the limitations are as far as separate property and community property in a marriage okay do you suggest that everybody get a prenup no matter their financial uh, status that's a great question it really depends mm -hmm. um depending on your it, it also depends on the person that you're with mm -hmm. a lot of people in my opinion in my experience they don't necessarily agree with prenups and postnups because they don't understand what they do we just watch tv and we hear about the negative parts of a prenup and I've heard it before if you make me sign a prenup that means you don't love me that's not true. not true you have to think you know a lot of these people are going into relationships this is their second marriage or their third marriage they have kids and such from previous relationships that's a legacy that they left behind in that previous relationship so you have to do whatever it takes to protect that legacy because if you get married again and you die that survival, this is Texas. That surviving spouse gets everything. Mm -hmm. That cuts out your kids. Wow. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Unless you have a will that specifically says this goes to my kids or whatever the case may be. And you may, you know, try to disinherit your spouse on certain things. Mm -hmm. But absent a will, everything goes to the surviving spouse. So if you are someone who has assets and you don't have to have a lot because, you know, we, when I say we, black people, we think that you have to have million dollar homes, all this land, all these cars, That's all this true. money in the bank to where that affords you the right to ask for a prenup. You don't. You can have something as simple as a two acre piece of land in East Texas. That would be enough reason to say, you know what? I want to make sure that I get a prenup. So in the event, even if the prenup only covers that. Mm -hmm. You know, in the event that something were to happen, I want to make sure that my spouse, if we were to divorce, don't try to come after this because I want to make sure that this particular land stays in the family. Right. Because if you don't do that, then you run a risk. If you pass away, 
that's going to go to pre uh what's they call probate court. Uh-huh. You're going to have people fighting right over these two pieces of two acres of land, which doesn't sound like a lot to a lot of people, <laughs> but the reality of it is is that these are the things that happen. Right. So to keep down confusion, in my opinion, opinion depending on your circumstance, you should speak to an attorney about a prenup or a postnup. Have, what is like the craziest prenup? That's what I'm about to ask. Yeah, What's that you had. Like, something like, wow, this shit is crazy. Well, believe it or not, most of my clients for prenups have been women. We ain't trying to be broke no more, okay? They have not been me in every single client that has approached me in every single prenup or postnup I've ever done has been the woman approaching me and. It's it's interesting because the guy's on board until it's time for him to come in the office mm-hmm. and actually have to sit down and mm-hmm. sign it. I think it's unfortunate in our community. There is a lot of toxic masculinity that goes on. And so when the men see, OK, that's I'm married this black woman mm-hmm. to a black female attorney. I just don't feel comfortable doing this because I think for a lot of men psychologically is like, what is she, me, the attorney, thinking of me by signing this? When in actuality, I don't think nothing of you in terms of anything negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just think it not only protects her, but it protects you. Because on the flip side of that, if they get caught up in anything illegal and it attaches to them, guess what? If you got a prenup, that's your saving grace to say, you know what? I don't have an interest in this. If the FBI trying to seize some property or somebody's trying to sue, your name is not affiliated with it. So you don't have to worry about getting in trouble versus there's nothing separating you from that particular person's property. You get entangled right into that thing. So the craziest thing I've probably seen, I had one female and they ended up getting married. They didn't go through with the prenup. And honestly, I didn't think that they should. Uh I thought that the prenup she wanted to do was a tad bit, not only restrictive, but we use a word that's called unconscionable. Uh Um, Uh And it favored her. Uh That's what it meant by unconscionable. It 100% favored her. And when you're talking about a prenup or even a postnup, it should not be skewed to the point where it favors only one, one person. person. Wow. That's not That's fair. That's interesting for a lawyer to say that because I would think that you just want to make sure your client is good. Well, and, and that's another thing about a misconception with a lot of us. And I don't th- even think a lot of us even recognize it. We're account, we're attorneys and counselors of, of law. So we're an attorney by trade. We took the bar. We passed the bar. We're able to practice law, right? But you're also a counselor too. Mm-hmm. And I take that part of my job very seriously because you should be counseling people not only on what the options are for the law but to do the right thing too right because at the end of the day your license is on the line so if you do something that's 100 percent favorable to your client you always got to think about how could this come back and bite me later with the state bar do i want to be answering these questions to the state bar to say that i knew this one thing because a lot of people that sign prenups aren't represented by an attorney they what? don't want to, they don't, they don't go get it. You know, and they have the right to, but a lot of people don't because they're leaving so much trust into not only the person that they're marrying, 
but the attorney too. We have a huge role. People see us as people that are supposed to be honest and uphold the law. Mm -hmm. So to know that an attorney has done something that, you know, encouraged, so to speak, in the violation of your constitutional rights in some sense is wrong. So I take that part of my title very seriously. I'm not going to enter into, have anybody enter into an agreement that I know is wrong. I'm not going to do that. Now, if you voluntarily do it after you consult with an attorney, that's one thing. But for me to just be the only represented attorney present for one person, I'm not going to do that. So what was it that was so skewed towards her or what was it that you felt like was completely off with this, with that, with that prenup that you were talking about? Well, for one, she had all of the assets, which that's not uncommon. You usually, in some cases, you have one spouse that has more uh, assets than the other. It was just how she wanted to break it up. Mm -hmm. You know, he was not from here originally. He literally relocated to Texas for her he was working trying to build up a business and i think he was doing uber and stuff when it first started so he was really trying to get on his feet so for me do i necessarily think that because you had all the assets and this where i think the toxic masculinity comes in for women we have a tendency some of us because we feel like we have all the assets we're control and we have all the power and i don't think that assets equate to power he's still a man Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day do i think it's right that you necessarily cut him out of everything upon divorce for whatever reason even if you file it Mm because that's how i was kind she kind of wanted it even if she filed for divorce he literally got nothing and my thing was you have all of these assets let's take into the account he moved here for you he unrooted himself making a decent living yeah. to come where you're at and pretty much help you do the things that you needed to do to keep growing you. And he's literally restarting. Yeah. Do I think it's right that he walks away from nothing from the marriage? If that's what you want to do, fine. But, you know, I'm also trying to get you to think about on the legal side how this could look yeah. like it's 100 percent unconscionable if he does not agree with it. And he didn't. Because once he read it, he, he was okay with her keeping her stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once he read it, because I wrote it in a way that yeah, he, can understand it. he could yeah, understand yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And it was, like I said, beneficial to my client because that's what my client wanted. He was like, so this means that da 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 And she was like, pretty much, you shouldn't. And that's where the disconnect came. Like what you want to hold on to our shit, man? Yeah, like you want to hold on to our shit? I went to school for this. I did this, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! Like, first of all, do I even really want to represent her? Because uh-huh. you know, I'm Let's okay see, with representing. It gets really nasty. Uh, and I hate to say, I kind of see where she coming from. I mean, if I, I heard all these, I also saw where he coming from. The way she explained, my man. No, I see where herself. she's coming from, but like, I feel I, where he is coming from. I feel like what we acquire within the marriage that will be yours. Or and, and that's I another thing. Take, she like, wanted a, to control that too. Oh no, it wasn't. Yeah, you didn't let me finish that part. Oh my bad. She wanted to keep. Everything. So everything that she acquired. So pretty much her 401k. When you get a 401k, mm-hmm. anything that before the date of marriage is 100% yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
everything after the date of marriage is split 50 50. She wanted to keep all of it. She didn't want him but to get it. I agree with no. the 401k. Even this after the job. Even after this is my job. You ain't work a day here. I don't, I'm not going to ask for these yours. Play, let me play devil's advocate. Okay. He may not be going judge. to work every day for you, but you got to think about the things that I said. If he came here to follow her and help her do whatever she needed to do in her career, the household part has to come in somewhere. It's just like being a house. It's just like being a housewife. Right, right, right. He he was keeping the house clean. If they were to have a kid, he would literally be a stay-at-home husband. And I think it's a double standard because we're quick to say you can understand a stay-at-home wife, but you can't understand a stay-at-home husband. It works both ways. I agree, but I don't even understand stay at home wise. I don't play that. No. Because you're not about to have me out here uh, staying at home. Like trying to get crumbs from you. No, 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 no. Everybody working in this motherfucker. Everybody going to work, okay? I going to work. You're going to work. Kids going to work. Everybody working, okay? Somebody got right. something to do, okay? Right. <laughs> but I can see that, though. But I think it's so hard. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because before you got here, me and Yvette, shout out Yvette. Was talking about uh, the 401k situation. I was like, Dad, I would be really upset if I had to give up. <laughs> but here's the Give thing me that, 401k. But here's the thing that we don't even realize. At the end of the day, your, your life insurance, all these policies, you got to have a beneficiary. That's true. And nine times out of ten, Ooh, it is going to be your true. spouse. That's true. So if you don't trust this person enough to have... You're the to carry out whatever needs to happen with you in terms of burying all of that kind of stuff when you die. Why are you marrying them? Yeah, that's true. The, the, your spouse is the only person on earth you get to choose. You can't choose parents, you can't choose any of your relatives. That's true. You only get to choose a spouse. That's so true. if this is somebody you cannot trust, why are you marrying them? I think because, and we're going to get into this, people change when they are going through divorce. I have they seen do. it. Like, well, I've seen people like my somebody I know. I don't even want to say the title of this person to be, but th this person I knew their husband, me and their husband, like this, like a part of the family. And when they got divorced, it was like I don't know this man, or you know or you just didn't know them being separated. Because the truth of the matter is, some of these people never change. Okay. They've always been like They've that. They've always been like you make, that. You got to remember it's a marriage. You don't see everything. That's true. That's true. But the amount, and we're going to get into this, but the amount of ruthlessness, I was like, Damn. Now, I will say that ruthlessness, that cattiness. Yes. But don't down. even answer who is more catty because I got something at the end. So okay. I want you to hold it. I want you to hold it. Gotcha. Okay, so let's talk about divorce. So we, we kind of talk about prenups and postnups, and we go now. I want us to talk about divorce. Okay. So let's say a, a client comes into your office, and I sent you a client before. You remember? Okay. So um, and let's say a client comes into your office, and they are trying to divorce their spouse. What is a piece of advice? Like, what is something that you say to every client, or how do you assess like? What you, what if divorce is like, oh yeah, you should get a divorce or maybe y'all should try to work it out or whatever case. But what is a piece of advice that you give to all of your divorce clients? Well, first, I never ask people um, or try to encourage people to get a divorce. Uh -huh. That's that's not what I do. That's not my role in it or anything like that. First off, I don't even believe in divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents been oh, married. 
Well, hold it. I, I have to do my clarifier, right? I don't believe in divorce in the sense that, you know, especially these days, we're so quick to throw in the towel, mm. the towel for the smallest mm. thing. Now that's true. We, we don't understand the concept about to death do us part. Mm -hmm. Sickness through health, right? And I think that a lot of reasons for people getting divorced these days have nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with appearances it has everything to do with um finances all the wrong reasons right which is why their divorce was on the increase on you know when covid happened right really oh yeah you gotta be at the house every day with that every day with somebody you don't like all day i mean you you gotta think about it every day with somebody you don't like you got a you got a side chick or a side dude that you can't, can't see, see because they, they in the one. house with they significant yeah. other. Oh wow! Like you're miserable. I miss that they so if you're oh, gone you, eight to ten hours a day, uh huh, and that was your break away from your spouse who get on your nerves, mm -hmm. and then you got locked in the house with them, not by like choice, months. Right. For all these months, and then it's probably longer depending Ooh. on if you working from home and y'all right, gotta share. Right, that's true. That's that's a tough situation. I guess I can see that. Yeah, okay. I knew that shit was gonna happen. Yeah, okay. it is definitely on a rise. I I just think that you know I never encourage people to get divorced, but the very first thing that I ask people um, is about marriage counseling because a lot of people when they come into my office, for the most part, they're just frustrated mm -hmm. at some level it's either it can be sexual you know it could be um the attention it could be you know um they're not able to have children it could be finances are not right it's never really because they really want out of the relationship it's something that they're not getting uh -huh. in the relationship so when they actually come in and talk to somebody a lot of the times they're just really looking for somebody to listen they're not looking for advice they're not looking for somebody to tell them what to do. They're looking for somebody to listen and ask them those questions that people around them are too um, judgmental about, mm -hmm. about to actually answer those questions. So I find that a lot of times, I would say majority of the times when people have come in my office for a divorce, they end up not going through a divorce. Really? At that time. They mm -hmm. may come back to do it later, but at that time, they don't do it because they're able to process whatever it is they were thinking and it's like you know what I didn't think about it like that mm -hmm. you know I, I didn't even try that we've never been to divorce counseling you know or marriage counseling let's try that so that's the single thing I try to figure out when somebody first come in my office like is there a chance of reconciliation mm -hmm. if you're absolutely at the point of no reconciliation then we can move forward and from there I asked them does your spouse know that you're speaking to an attorney about a divorce because I feel like when they don't know it and it's something that you claim is mutual that's problematic if, if it's going to be a divorce it's a two way thing mm -hmm. um because so often and you know just to share something real personal that happened to me I had a very hard week last week um on Monday, you know, I got some information. I found out one of my divorce clients, their spouse committed suicide. Oh, wow. Because they that. were not expecting mm -hmm. the divorce. Oh, my gosh. Like, the, the, they, they, were, they saw it coming, but the case ended up getting dismissed mistakenly. And they were thinking, like, their spouse took it back, but it wasn't. It uh -huh. was dismissed on accident. It ended up taking them overboard. So, um, oh you know, I actually lost the opposing party 
behind something like that. And then, of course, one of the young ladies that I used to mentor in law school, she was one of the sisters on that boat accident. I literally found that out the same day that drowned in Lake Louisville. Oh, no, I didn't hear about this. Yeah, two sisters okay. on 4th of July, and it was actually one of their birthdays on the 4th of July. Oh, my God. Um, they Sorry fell off the boat. Sorry for your loss. Thank you, thank you. It was a hard week. Mm -hmm. So when I thought about that, when I reflected back on the divorce situation, I just think about the pivotal role that an attorney could play. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm never rude to people. Even if I'm representing somebody, I always speak to the other person. How you doing? Nice to meet you. My name is Vonda Bailey. Because you just never know What's the... You don't know what they're going through, but also the role mm -hmm. that you could potentially play that could make the difference between life and death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Why is it, you know, in a in a divorce that the woman basically gets stuck with the the majority responsibility of the upbringing of kids? Because I've always wondered. I know plenty of men that you know when they went to their divorce or not even divorce, like they have you know a baby mama or something like that. They want 50-50 custody, but they rarely, if never, get it. And I always wonder, like, why is that? That is an excellent question. And I'm going to tell you, it is 100% on the man why that happens. And when I say that, I'm not putting fault on the man, but this is typically what happens. And this is why I don't necessarily agree with gender roles. Yeah. Because historically... You found the women in the house, they maintain the house, and you found the man outside of the home being a provider. Well, those gender norms have trickled into current. Mm -hmm. You find men work two and three jobs so they can be able to still, you know, maintain their household, party if they want to, and do those things. Well, what happens when you work those two or three jobs? It kind of forces you to be in a every other weekend type situation with your kids. Yeah. Realistically, you cannot work like that over time and have your kids for a full week on. The responsibility is going to fall on somebody else at some point. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not the other parent, it falls on a babysitter. It can fall on a grandparent. It falls on somebody else. So the hallmark of family law cases in Texas specifically is what's in the best interest of the child. Is, this in the, is it in the best interest of a child to always be with someone other than that parent on that parent's time? And that is where I believe men fall short. I represent a lot of men. Almost 90% of my clients are men. Really? Yeah. I would think it was women. Me too. Yeah. I don't get along with, I don't get along with a lot of female clients. They just try to And I mean, here's the thing. We we can be, you know how we can be. I know how we, we can, can be. We can be over the top. We can be. Shut up, Mike. Talk about as long as y'all know. We, I mean, it's true. You know, just to keep it real. I mean, I'm a woman, so I can't say I dislike women. Right. But for some of us. We come in here with these unreasonable expectations. You don't want to have this, let this man have access to the kid because Damn. you're mad at him. Damn. It has nothing to do with him. Childish. It's about the kid. It's That's extremely true. childish. That's and true. for me being a parent and my son's dad has pretty much always been absent in his life. If he was around him, it was because I was trying to force their relationship. Mm -hmm. So for me to go out of my way to try to make a relationship happen with the other parent to see a woman with a man that wants to be in his child's life yeah. and you're just limited it because he got remarried, he got a new girlfriend, or because he said something you don't like, 
I can't deal with that. And for right. me, that's that's something I can't deal with. So I don't deal with it. Um, and I'll decline representation or I'll withdraw from your case in a minute. That mm-hmm. I'm not that hard up for money. I do a good enough job in my cases, the money gonna come. So I'm not I don't care about giving you your money back yeah, or yeah. you know, getting off your case. My advice to men, if you mm-hmm. want to have 50-50 custody with your child or even potentially get custody of your child. You have to do just as much as that mama would do as a primary parent or more. Let your kids live with you. You know, don't don't be okay with mama dropping the kids off at grandmother's house every other day. Yeah. Don't be okay with that. Say, you know what, bring me my kid. Keep your child. So then when it's time for you to go to court and modify your order or get an order for the first time, you're able to tell the judge, judge, my son and my daughter and my children have been living with me for the past two years. What do you mean they've been living with you? Mom was dropping them off at grandmother's house. I said I, that what that wasn't working for me. I wanted my kids. How's your work schedule? Well, I was working um, overnight, but when my kids came to live with me, I changed my overnight schedule to nine to five, so I can make sure that I'm able to drop them off at school and pick them up from school every single day. Who brushes their teeth? Who's in charge of making sure they brush their teeth, fix their meals, do all that kind of stuff? I do. What's their doctor name? Dr. So-and-so. What's their dentist name? Dentist so-and-so. When was the last time they had their shots? This day. They take their shots again this time. What extracurricular activities are they involved in? Who are their best friends? What's their favorite food? You should be able to rattle that stuff off. And a lot of men aren't able to do that. And it's not to say that they're bad parents. That's not what I'm saying at all. But because historically... Men have worked outside of the home in order to provide. It removes all of those things that I just named and you rely on the mother to get those things done. What is the most common reason people file for divorce? Like for what, from your experience, what, when people come in, what is the most common thing people file for, for divorce? Finances. Yeah, the finances be finances. But you know, it's not even, when I say finances, it's probably not in the general sense that uh-huh. people think of. What happens is a lot of time when people come in, it's a lack of communication. So let me say that. It's the lack of communication About in regards to finances. Okay. Uh, because a lot of people have these joint accounts. I was, I was going to guess the misusage of finances. That's exactly what it is. That's you have these joint accounts. You have so direct deposit. So you have joint accounts? No, I think she's saying that. I think she's saying that what? they have these joint accounts, but I that, that other person's me. habits aren't the same as. I just you know saying, what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck is you doing business. with this money? I'm Listen. like, why are you even? And this is so funny because me and Ben was talking about this too. And uh, Dave, sorry, Ben, but I'm about to say what you talked about. Oh. But she was like, when I get married, I want. Me and my spouse to have a joint account. I mean, like everything come in the joint account. And so I was like, I've been married almost four years, and and we've been together almost six. And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. (laughs) So like, we're not even about to be arguing about this because we have a joint checking, we have a joint savings plan, and after that, I don't really care what you do with the rest because I'm not about to be arguing about. What you spend your money on if, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, that is an unnecessary argument because we just all the trick on the head. money. We you just hit the nail on the head. Money. Like, but we just don't trick on the same things. Like, me, I will go and spend an unruly amount of money on some hair. You know what I'm saying? And he will be and like, will piss me the fuck what out. the fuck is you doing? And then he will spend a 
expensive shoes. And I would be like, what? Are you crazy? And like, see, and which that's is more why expensive though, the hair or the shoes? Both. They really be about the same they amount. Same. Now, I see the value in the sh- the hair, and he sees the value in the shoes. My husband, I've said this before, my husband is a shoe fanatic. Like, over 150 My husband was shoes. too, until like, he got married. Over. At this point, it might be 200. Like, we weren't, he was too, before we got married. And, and I will say that <laughs> my husband has right cut right. back. He is definitely well, cut back, but I've understood now. that, I mean, before, like, when we were dating, like, it was literally, like, every month, multiple pairs of shoes was coming in. I was like, what the hell? But, like, and I had to understand, like, Reggie, you treat money on stuff, too. Like, you can't just be over here. My, like, my husband, you know, he a homebody, he don't go nowhere, he don't do nothing. This is, uh, this yeah. is his thing, you this know, so you have to give loves. him. And it's okay yeah. to have a vice. Yes, you know, okay. yes. It is 100% okay. The problem is I've seen in divorces, was well, a couple of things, with the joint accounts. Number one, when you get a divorce and you're trying to say somebody need to reimburse the community, like they diminish the community funds. It's kind of hard to do that when you've co-mingled. Right. So, like, you put your separate money into this joint account. We really can't tell the difference. You normally see one spouse take advantage of that joint account situation over the other one. Over the other one. So, I'll say it just depends on your situation. Whatever makes your household work. My husband and I do not have a joint account. And my thing is, as long as the bills get paid every month... You really don't need a joint account. account, This is just my personal opinion from what I have seen. Uh I feel like the the joint account for both spouses or one is a form of control. Control. Because, um, (laughs) I mean, it is. It is because the the money spouse... Whether the male or the female, because I see it happen whoever, both ways. Whoever bringing in the most, whoever bring in the most money always has That's a problem yep. with the person who makes less. less. Even if their whole check is going there, yep. you're pretty much down to the penny of what they can and can't, can't spend, spend because X amount is going in there from right. you. Yeah. So I always have looked at that like, you know what? That's a form of control because as long as you see what this person is bringing in and you're paying the bills, because normally the money spouse is the one that takes care of the bills bills, too, right? right? But you see in house mom situations, which is very unfortunate, they'll have a joint account, but all the money not going into their joint account Uh is going into a separate account that they only control. Mm -hmm. Right, and then so they putting in how much they feel like you should have. They, li- I have seen the biggest form of control where they will sprinkle in enough money to cover bills and do an allowance for that house parent, right? Because it's some house husbands too. It's a lot of them, believe it or not. And it's like, so you're putting this person, you're not putting them on an allowance because an, an allowance is something that you just get weekly, just because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're pretty much controlling. Mm-hmm. And limiting what they can and can't do because you make the most money. And I never wanted to have a marriage like that where, where is like that. Is like dictating. I never wanted that. Yeah. You know, my husband and I, we both make decent livings. You know, like I told you all, he's a police chief. Why do I need to know? I, I, I'm going to see what he makes anyway. We bought a house. We, yeah. You have to give those documents right, anyway, yeah, yeah. right? I just didn't think it was necessary. I'm not going to tell him what he can and can't do. But 
when we got together, he was a shoe fanatic. Like you said, your husband was, but I already had a child and then we had a child. So priorities shifted. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, you need to stop buying that. He kind of did it on his own. Like, you know what? <laughs> it's $250 <laughs> on a shoe. Right. Yeah, worth it when we got daycare we got to yeah, pay yeah, for. Right, right, right. You know, right. we got Daycare be slapping niggas in the yes. face. Yeah, daycare is crazy. <laughs> we got a 12-year-old and we're almost a 10 size in men. Wow. Sheesh. Okay. He's tall. You know? So now, but I will say this. My husband, what he does is, and this is where communication comes in in a marriage. He's still a shoe fanatic. But he modified it a little bit. So now, he wears more comfortable shoes. He go on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets him shoes, 10 15 $20. Mm-hmm. Still look good. It's still going towards his vice. Mm-hmm. He just modified it a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. which right. is what I can appreciate. I actually know a married couple where the woman makes more than a man, right? Uh-huh. Significantly amount where they can both live off her salary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what they decided to do uh, was just take her salary, which was six figures easily, mm-hmm. and take his salary and just invest the whole thing mm-hmm. for and. That's a good and idea. At the, it's, it's to the point, and they've been doing this for years. Uh-huh. And so it is at the is at the point now. It's like the money that from his checks grossly outshine what she brings in yearly because they're that's it. And I was like, but see, that's smart, a couple bro. that get it. Y'all smart, bro. That's a couple <laughs> that gets it, and that's how a, a relationship should, should be. be. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of people end up in divorce court because they don't see that. Yeah. They see it as. I make more. It's a power thing. Mm-hmm. You don't see it as it's actually not a power thing because the non-money spouse has the potential yeah. to right. do the the wealth. Right. That's where the generational wealth comes in because if the money spouse is making six, six figures, mm-hmm. if they're covering the bills, right, 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 you're covering the day to day. But what about the grandchildren, right, and the great grandchildren right. and the great great grandchildren? Right. Because that's that's why we're going. Yeah. That's why I go to work every day. I don't go to work for my kids. My parents went to work for my kids. I go to work for my kids' kids, and after that, right, that's the reason that we grind so hard. I right, know that's right. So. For mm-hmm. me, it's that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about having generational wealth, and you're not going to do that with a joint account. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I know we went on the joint account tangent, but <laughs> it was a good but I said what I said. Okay, that's what I mean. So I want to talk a little bit about child support because I have so many a people. I don't even want to say. I just know people who the, this child support thing. It, it be child support. Like people are really. Like invested or hurt or tripping. So I my first question to you and it, okay, so I guess I got two questions. So one, do you think that if you are not the non-custodial parent, okay, you should just automatically put yourself on child support? If you are the non-custodial parent. Right. So the child is not with you the majority of the time. Absolutely. I agree. Like I 1,000% agree. Yeah. yeah. And people don't realize child support is not only, it's, it's a twofold thing. It's not only for the person that the child is living with to receive the support that they need, but it also protects you. Yeah. Because again, if, you know, it's coming out of your check, you don't have to worry about it. And if even if it's not coming out of your check yet, you have a place to send it to, mm-hmm. Right. The state disbursement unit in San Antonio to make sure that it gets to your child. So then somebody can never hold over your head because this is something that I see happen 
a lot and it happens a lot with us females we try to dangle that over their head like i'm gonna put you on child support i'm gonna put you on child support yes but then when he beats her to the punch a lot of us are offended by that like i can't believe he did that but why are you so upset he's trying to protect himself they get offended yeah I've seen that it. That is surprising. Because a lot of times you dangling that power support over oh, them to your it's a power. power. And I feel and like a lot of men, unfortunately, yes. do whatever it is. I mean, I've seen men put their happiness, happiness from their life on hold because they are afraid of child support. When I say their happiness, they met a significant other that they are in love with, want to be with. Mm-hmm. They don't bring the child around them. They make sure mama don't know about them. They don't post them on social media. Yeah, I see that. A lot. You know, and that's unfortunate. But in a, and I've seen it. I've seen women move on, have whole long relationships, get married, and they still controlling this man's life with child support. But he he takes that power back. When he say, you know what, I'm gonna put myself on child support. I'm gonna make sure it's a court order. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen those of us take it further and say, you know what. <laughs> I'm just going to keep his kid away from him. Yeah. I'm going to still get the check, but I'm going to keep his kid away from him. That doesn't make sense. But I do 100% absolutely. The non-custodial parent should put themselves on child support. I kind of agree with that too, because I've seen it to where, like you said, they use that child support as a power move. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen where men are like, they want to date, but they like, nah, like, don't pose it because my baby mama no, going to be tripping. Wow. Yeah, like. Oh, man. I'm like, oh, wow. that Never get a woman thing. like that. <laughs> Jesus. I, I pray you don't. You oh, know, because it's, it's like a, it's almost, if you think about it, it's like an invasion of privacy, right? Right. You can't do the things you want to do. Your significant other can't celebrate the things that you do for them in fear that it's going to become an exhibit. It's child support court because mm-hmm. I seen it. I mean, you know, I see Facebook, Instagram, Twitter posts all the time. Oh, honey just bought me X, Y, and Z. And then you come into child support court. He got money to do this. That means he got money to pay me more in child support. That man got to live too. Yeah. And he has, and when I say live, I'm not talking about his day to day. I'm talking about if he decides he wants to grow his family, get married, Hell, even go on vacation. You're pretty much saying he can't do that because he needs to be giving you more money. And it's never about the money. It's always about power and control. That's what I see. A lot of people, unfortunately, end up on child support, men and women, because believe it or not, there are a number of women on child support. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh A lot of people don't think that, but it's all about power and control because men have a bad habit of doing it too it's like you know what you've been doing this to me for so long i'm gonna get back at you that doesn't necessarily make it right but at the same time <laughs> when you flip the script and you see these situations with men getting dogged out by baby mamas you know it's like can you really blame the man mm-hmm. in a sense for treating you like that right because you've been doing it to him yeah right exactly do you think that uh, child support, like, do you think that the child support laws as it stands now are fair? And what I what I mean by that is, um, I'm just going to use an example of future. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, men or people, women both, who are very wealthy, 
mm-hmm. having to pay like a percentage of their income, even though it doesn't like necessarily take ten thousand dollars to support the child. Do you think that law the laws as it stand now are fair? Yes. I think so too. Like, I don't think that you should be making millions of dollars and only paying your baby mama a thousand dollars a month. Well, here's the thing. Future and Sierra, their child support order is not out of Texas. That matters too. Because if you have a California order, California laws, as you know, the <clears throat> excuse me, the cost of living is a lot more. Right. So that automatically impacts the child support rate. So your child support rate is going to be a lot higher. Mm-hmm. So it keeps up with the cost of living, right? Um, I think it's fair in tech. The way they are, let me just say this, the laws in Texas have recently just changed and a lot of people don't know this, but I'm going to put y'all on game Put up on game. You heard it here first. So just <laughs> FYI, the Texas legislator just recently um, came out with... Um, um, I can't remember if it was a bill or whatnot, but essentially they believe what's in the best interest of the child is for parents to be 50-50. Oh. Right. That's a game changer. Oh. Why does that matter? What was Bec- it before? Listen. The, the way child support is designed, so it goes up, and it just recently changed in September of 2022, is now, it now caps at $9,200 of your net resources. So whatever is like, let's say you're a millionaire, mm-hmm. it caps at 9,200. Now I use Chris Brown, for example, yeah. Chris Brown has a child, a child support order out of Houston, Texas. The mother only gets about $2,300 a month. That's all she gets. That's all she gets. Because in Texas, it caps at $9,200. Wow. That's the net resources. So from the net, you take that and you multiply by the number of kids he had. At the time, he only had one child, so that's 20%. You do 20%, not taking into, and of course, you do have to take into consideration um, health insurance and all that kind of stuff because it gives him a little credit from that. 9200 is all she's entitled to of his net resources. It comes out 20%, like $2,300 for a child. That's so all she gets. 20% of 9200 9200 That's all she gets. And, and And that's the thing. And, and, I don't know how I feel about that. I like that. No, but it's fair. That is definitely fair. If you are, if you are, okay, so one, I will say, if you are like one of these women who are just out here having sex with billionaires trying to get you a, a, uh, a little cash cow. Okay, don't put him on chest. No, you can't. Yeah, get it. it has to be. But I do feel board. like okay, if you are, you're not necessarily like as rich as the the you know that parent. This parent has all these resources that you can do all these cool things, and and your where they're living there primarily they don't have access to that. You know what I'm saying? So of course when they go to dad's house, everything is like. Super lit and super fun and super rich that goes, that and super. That. What they gotta do with what, what they gotta do with him? At the end of the day, that's his. It's two parents. It's two parents. Now, you for need Chris, to, Brent Brown. I can understand that because girl, that wasn't even his baby for the first couple of years. But, but here's the deal: <laughs> even if it wasn't, at the end of the day. <laughs> What's right is right, and what's wrong, wrong is wrong. wrong. Unless you can prove you are entitled to something above that cap, mm-hmm. you're stuck. It is hard child. to prove. A lot of times, when it comes to child support, 
Um, we have situations where the parents are not paying the child support or mm-hmm. they're not maybe in a financial situation where they feel like they can afford it, this, that, whatever. Do, can parents withhold visitation of that child because that the parent is not paying their child support or do you um, think that, okay, well, if he not paying his child support, then you ain't got to let him see or you, let you, her see you the child. Are putting this under the umbrella, like, legally withhold the child if they're not? Yeah, like, so support? can people legally withhold visitation if they're not, if that parent's not paying the child support order? Absolutely not. Mm. Absolutely not. Child support and visitation are completely separate. Completely separate. I don't care if somebody is $100,000 in arrears that has nothing to do with you letting them see their kids. And I think people fail to realize that a child's DNA is made up of 50% of one parent and 50% of the other parent. Right. So when you infringe on one parent's rights and access to a child and you alienate them, essentially, you are infringing on half of your child's way of how they view themselves. Mm. Wow. These per- perspectives, bruh. Yeah. But you like that? Like, you like oh, that? Hey. This is why she got my vote. <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. It's true. When you do that, because what you're telling your child is they are not allowed yeah. to be a part of your life because they cannot afford to pay or whatever what it is in child refuse? support. What if or even, afford, but they just refuse? Even if what you're saying still is that because they refuse to pay child support, they don't have a right to participate in your growth, mm-hmm. your development. A lot of the people that refuse to pay are not bad parents. Uh-huh. And I don't want people to get in the mindset to think that they're mutually exclusive because they're not. You have a lot of great parents. They refuse to pay. And the refusal to pay, I'm not saying it is right. But a lot of times it has to do with the actions of the other parent. Mm -hmm. It's not because I don't want to pay you because I don't want to. It's because I don't want to be paying you and you sending the baby over to your mama house. I don't want to pay you and all you doing is spending the money on yourself. Don't have nothing to do with the baby. But you calling me and saying I need money to pay the rent, the electricity bill and all these type of things. Oh, I'm glad you said that because that was my next question. I mean, and, and honestly... That's my, from what I have seen, that's the reason a lot of parents don't want to pay child support. It literally has nothing to do with the support of the child. Because most people love their kids, right? right? You have these outliers, right? But for the most part, most people love their kids. So to say that I'm not going to support my child, most people are not doing that for no reason. Is it right to say, I'm not going to support my child financially. That means I can't be a part of their high school graduation or they can't be in my wedding. Right. That's not right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So then in in that case, uh, my next question was, do you feel like child support should only be spent on certain things for the child? Like, when I, I like when people spend child support, I like, like, <laughs> like the light bill or rent, like although these things are benefiting the child, it's not a like direct benefit type of thing. But do you think that that people should be allowed, or do you think that it's just that if somebody's using child support money to spend to 
pay for, you know, their rent or their light bill or their nails or hair or things like that? Do you think that that is just? Well, I'll say this. Um, and I don't like using that particular example because I don't want it to make it seem like only men are on child support. Right. Because a lot of women are on child support too. Um, I will say that anything that's considered for the benefit of the child, you should be able to spend child support on. Okay. But I also believe, so when I say that, I'm talking about if you're a little short on the rent this month or your mortgage, you got the child support payment come through, pay the difference. If your electricity bill, you haven't gotten paid yet because a lot of people get paid once or twice a right. month and it doesn't really naturally fall around when the bills fall. If you need to use child support to keep lights, I mean, your kids have to use Wi-Fi. A lot of them in virtual, mm-hmm. right? You need to be able to cook. You need to be able to run bath water. You need to be able to do these things just to keep the, the minimum basic needs, right? So I can understand that. I also will say a parent has, a child has two parents. So the responsibility of all those things on top of taking care of extracurricular activities, feeding the child, all those sorts of things should not fall on one parent because they're not in the home. I don't think that's a fair assessment. They have two parents for a reason. So wherever child support, because let's, let's be real. People that are paying three, $400 on child support, that may be a lot for their household. But realistically speaking, when you break down certain things, like I told you, my 12 year old wears a size almost 10 in me and he wears a nine and a half. Uh-huh. When you break down three or four hundred dollars in a month's time, especially if he has a growth spurt, mm-hmm. that's not covering anything. Okay. My son plays golf, which golf, if he participates in tournaments and all that kind of stuff, know, it could run me about fifteen thousand dollars for the expensive. year. Jeez. It's expensive. It's expensive. So that's one extracurricular activity. He has to eat. He's a boy. So, you know, boys eat a lot just naturally because typically younger, they grow a lot faster than females. Right. So when you take into account the amount you're paying versus how much it actually costs to raise this child, you're not even getting a bar on a mixtape. You know what I mean? So it's like, when you break it down like that and you be realistic, how far is your child support actually stretching? Mm-hmm. And I just think parents in general, because I see an influx of men versus women when it comes to child support, we just both need to show each other some grace and understand that what we're doing is enough and respect that what each other is doing is enough. Mm-hmm. I think if we got to that point, we wouldn't see a whole do bunch you, of issues. Do you on feel it. like the, my question is, for the grace to, you know, to come in those situations, do you feel like it would be more beneficial if there was like an order or some some type of setup to where both people can have access to an account that the child support goes into Ooh. and they can see what the money is going towards? Because I feel like that's a lot of, at least from the guy's perspective, because most niggas I know are the baby daddies or divorce. Right. They have issue that... Yo, what is she spending this money on? Because they see things like, bruh, come on now. You was not doing this beforehand. And so I feel like in order to get to that that point where you can like extend grace, you're going to have to give something for that grace. I, I agree with that. And you know, honestly, I'm one of those people 
that believe in reform with a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not that some things don't work. It's just that I think things can be made a lot better. And I believe if something like that were to happen, like an accounting of child support, we probably see a decline in child support cases being filed. Exactly. I really do think that because I would say from my experience about 80... Six eighty-seven percent of the child support cases that I have personally seen been filed is out of spite because somebody's in their feelings, somebody's being petty. Well, if you limit that and say the money, this account has to go in here, the custodial parent has access to it, yeah. but the non-custodial parent, like a bank statement, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So they, they got they, act, they got they they own. what's going on. Kind of like how when like now when you log into child support, you can see what you've paid and you can see what is coming to your direct deposit. That's mm-hmm. the non-custodial versus the custodial. Yeah. But if they had a way like what you're saying that the non-custodial can see the expenditures. Yeah. From that account. So it has to be in a, a card attached to it, right? Right. Which they do have cards like that. So if they did that mandatory for every single child support case and the custodial parent knew that it was being monitored. I feel like a lot of heartache. I feel like it would... It, that would clear up a lot of heartache. Or, well, it wouldn't I be a lot like, of heartache because it, you know somebody watching you. It's kind of like, exactly. remember when they were talking about um, people that were on welfare having to take drug tests. Right. Right? Um, it's an accountability thing. Yeah. Right? If you're using drugs, you shouldn't receive welfare benefits, right? That's kind of where they were moving to. So what do you think will happen with that? You will see a decrease in people using drugs if they knew that it infringed on the way that they fed and provided Mm -hmm. for their families. So do I think it's a bad idea? Absolutely not. I got a second question. Oh, go ahead. So women that don't file for divorce. Mm Mm-hmm. One is my first question in, in that scenario, or not even just women, uh, anybody that just doesn't file for divorce. Why do you think they don't? And then my second one is if they go years without putting them on child support and then, you know, they eventually put them on, are the, is the other party responsible for the back pay? Ooh. Wow. Um, the first question, I don't really know how to answer that, why they don't um, do it initially. Yeah. I can't really say why, you know, because it's been a mix of why people don't necessarily do it. Some of them vary from, you know, convenience. Um, you know, you know, they're saying it's cheaper to keep her. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of women, they probably don't do it right away because they understand that they're not going to receive as much money. Yeah. Once they go through the child support process or whatever, because a lot of dudes that don't make a lot of money when they're not on child support, they actually expend a lot more than what they make mm-hmm. um, in just paying for different things for the child on top of just giving the other parent money, you know, for the child. But um, the second part, mm. repeat the question for Listen, me. I already forgot what I asked. <laughs> Listen, I said. What was the first one I said? No, you, you got through the first one. No, I'm just saying what so I can remember. So you asked, why don't people file for divorce when they... Women. Yeah, just yeah. in general. And then a second one. Oh, back end pay. Okay, that one. 
you know, you go six, seven, eight years without putting them on child support, and then you'd be like, you know what, you going on child support. You know, are they going to be responsible for those years prior? That and and that's why I wanted you to repeat it because I definitely knew what you asked, <laughs> but. <laughs> That one is a hard one for me because for me, with, with with my personal experience, my son's father started out, I can't say off the gate, mm-hmm. because I believe you should give someone an opportunity to do the right thing. Yeah. He started out on child support when my son was almost one years old, so he was about 11 months. Um, but those that wait years and years, that one... I can't say it doesn't make sense to me. It's just always one of those situations that's disheartening. Mm-hmm. Because usually when you see that happen, the parent was paying at some point and doing what they were supposed to do. And sometimes they never stop. It's just that they got into an argument, got remarried, moved on in a relationship, said or did something the other parent doesn't like. And then... That parent ends up asking for back support. Let me just say this about back support, what people don't understand. If you ask for it, you're entitled to it, period. Any money that you give the other parent before being court ordered to pay child support in Texas is considered a gift. Mm. And unless you can show documented proof that you have (laughs) given that money for child support, and I'm putting an asterisk by that. You're not getting credit for it. When I say by child support, you write a money order that say child support. You do a Zelle in the notes that says child, child support. support. Mm-hmm. Cash out. Venmo. Right. Child support. Unless you do something like that, that mm-hmm. it could be viewed as you giving the other parent money for any reason. Right? Wow. So you have to mm-hmm. make sure that you specify that. Child support, the way the, the laws are written in the family code for child support. If there is a probability that you are the parent, not a possibility, a probability. So essentially, if you lay down with someone and you had sex with them, especially if you didn't use protection, right? Mm. There's a probability you are the parent of that child. Under Texas law, you should be on child support. Sheesh. That's they don't even they, make you. Bro, words mean things. Words mean things. So it's important. That's, That's why on TikTok on. and my Jeez. YouTube, I'm just going to, I said I was going to start dropping legal gems to people. You Damn. need to. Because people don't understand. Don't you lay with somebody. You have a one night stand. Things. Dang. You have a one night stand with somebody. I don't care if she or he slept with 10 different people. Guess what? If a child comes out of that situation, there's a probability, at least one out of ten, right? If it's right, 10, right, 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 that you are the father, so you have a legal duty that 10% to take care of their child. Wow, sheesh, sheesh, sheesh. Not I feel box. like okay. I feel <laughs> like so many people get like emotionally attached to they the do. child support situation. Oh, yeah, 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 they yeah. do. Because so, they don't understand the laws. Yeah. But once you understand the laws, you move a little differently, especially with the acknowledgement of paternity. And that's something else we need to educate black men on. Stop putting your name on the hospital documents before you get a DNA test. Stop doing that. When you sign, not a birth certificate, in the hospital after a baby is born, it's called an acknowledgement of paternity. 
That's what legally binds you to a child, even if the child turns out not, not to be yours. yours. That legally binds you. You have so much time to contest that. Another man has so much time to contest that. Is there a statute of limitation of when you have to sign that document? Absolutely. And how long is that? Uh, I can't remember the exact number of days. I want to say it's 11, 10 or 11 days from the oh, day that man. you sign so, it. Yeah, you That's to- when you sign it. But someone, another man challenging it is four years from the date that it's signed. So a man on the sixth year that finds out he possibly has a child mm-hmm. out here, he's screwed. And I know from experience because it happened to a client of mine. Damn. Wow. Actually, a biological child of his, not of the man that signed the acknowledgement of paternity, but because that four year statute, statute of limitations had Ooh, run, man. he had no legal rights. To Sheesh. that child. Sheesh. God damn, that sucks. I wanna uh dang, I wanna get into spousal real quick. Oh yeah. So, I just started support quick. Listen, y'all niggas be careful out there. Bro. Okay. Episodes on that. Shit. Stop shooting the club up. <laughs> First of all, stop shooting the damn club up. If this ain't your gal, y'all not in a relationship, y'all not married, stop shooting the club up. And then secondly, if you do shoot the club up. Get a paternity test. Like, they always. Wild, wild and shit. You I recommend it for everybody, even married people. Get a paternity really? test. Really? Absolutely. It's free. It's at the hospital. Just get it. And that's not to say that your spouse is cheating, but this is what I do for a living. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, people cheating. come back after the fact, finding out they were married 10, 15 years, and that eight year old does not belong to them. Damn. Sheesh. Get a DNA test at the hospital when my son my not my son when my daughter was born i told my husband if you want to they give a dna test for free he said i know that's my baby i said i know but i'm just telling you what your rights are Mm -hmm. but i'm not trying to hide the ball from you if i'm going to be out here giving people advice to do that i need to be able to follow it too that's true so get a paternity test (laughs) you heard it here first guys (laughs) reporting live reporting live (laughs) Part of this segment, spousal support. So we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started talking, before we started recording. But Gary Owens, I feel like, has really been in the 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 blog streets, but also just situations like this. So he is currently going through a divorce. Right. His wife's name is Kenya. And the first thing that we kind of reported on that I felt like a lot of people hit us up about was that she was requesting $44,000 in spousal support during the divorce transition. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you know, Kenya is the stay-at-home mom, but all of her kids are 18 and up at this Gr- point. Grown-ass humans. Uh, so she's the stay-at-home parent. Gary was the one who went out and did the work. And so she said that he would give her $44,000 a month to take care of all of their expenses. Mm -hmm. And so during their divorce, and they're still getting a divorce, he is not being uh, available or able to, or he hasn't been willing to work with her. So she's requested the court that he provide $44,000 a month. So what are your, what is your legal legal opinion of that situation well, well i already see your face like <laughs> well, I, 
always come from a point of education first. Okay. Because I think that gives insight to some of the things that may not make sense to people, right? So first, spousal maintenance, especially in Texas. And you know what? Even in California, because I believe they're in California. Yeah. They they mirror each other. Texas law and California law are very, very similar in the family law arena. So spousal support is the support of one spouse from the other spouse um, for a certain amount of time. It's usually not something that's indefinite. You It can be indefinite, but it's very specific situations that are indefinite. Like a mentally incapacitated spouse or disabled spouse or something like that but for the most part it's for a certain period of time before you can even talk about the factors that would allow somebody to receive spousal support you first have to see if they qualify that's the first thing so one of the things that you look for is to see if that person on their own with the assets available to them at that time can meet their minimum minimal needs that's the baseline, mm-hmm. right? So that'll give insight to some people. She's a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. Minimal, minimum needs. If all of what she spends shopping on herself personally, buying food, whatever the case have been while she was raising these kids at home, whatever that takes, Gary needs to at least make that transition. Not necessarily easier, but at least for her to get on her feet to find a job. Yeah. Because this has been her role. Oh, yeah, yeah, Essentially, yeah. you're a stay-at-home parent. That's your job. That's a full-time job. That's true. So we can't knock her there. So when we see if someone... And, and that's not one of the only things that qualify them. But they also look at the um, education of someone. Did this person get a GED? Do they have a bachelor's degree? Do they have a master's degree? A law degree? PhD? Something equivalent? Um... Has this person ever held down a job in corporate America? You know, those are some of the, have they been at home with a special needs child? Those are some of the things that you look for to qualify that person. Mm-hmm. Now, once you qualify them, that's when you get into the factors. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, you know, um, what are some of the expenses that that person has per month currently? What are some of the expenses they're looking at in the future? Like if she says she wants to buy a house that's comparable to the one that they live in or get an apartment for, you know, six months or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. How much is their rent going to be? How much does their house cost? What does their mortgage look like? Electricity bill based on prediction, all these things, not to include lifestyle, yeah. because if she was a stay at home mom, I've seen King. King never looked busted. <laughs> so Gary was keeping up appearances in right. terms of hair, makeup, when she needs to walk the red carpet, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I'm not saying that spousal maintenance pays for those things in particular, but to a certain extent, she's used to a certain lifestyle. So her attorney asking for that $44,000 amount is based on the things that she does every day. Does she have a personal trainer? Did she go through some sort of Botox or surgery that required her to have upkeep and treatments for that? Um, did, does she, uh, even though her kids are grown, you know, does she have a personal chef that comes in because she's allergic to gluten that cooks her food? Mm -hmm. These are some of the things that you have to take into consideration. So when she's asking for $44,000, depending on her lifestyle, it's probably not right. 
I mean, it's or it's probably not wrong. You know? <laughs> Mike was not happy about that. Rich niggas just don't need to be getting married, bro. <laughs> Do you feel like spousal support is fair? Depending on the situation. Well, when you say fair, what do you mean by that? Like, do you think that the spouse, because from my understanding, again, you the judge, so you tell me. But from my understanding, the spouse's support is whatever that support is until this uh, spouse remarries. So it can be like that. It, it can. And you know what? That comes up in prenups, too. Just FYI. Mm. So you can make that, you can set that up in your prenup so that you're not paying. Absolutely. See, you set, that that <laughs> set that shit up. Set that shit up. Gotta get that prenup. Absolutely. But do you think that it's fair for the the um, spouse that makes the majority of the money to be paying for the other spouse until they get remarried? Because if you're in a situation where you are with somebody that's extremely wealthy, it's not going to benefit you to get remarried. If this person is paying you all this money, it's know? not. But at the end of the day, if that those are the terms, then it's absolutely fair. Do I think someone, a former spouse, should be taking care of the new spouse? I mean, do I think that a former spouse should be taking care of an ex spouse in a new situation? Uh -huh. Absolutely not. If you want to, essentially, if you want to be free of this person and move on. You move on 100%. You don't leave a dog with the tail hanging out. You bury the whole dog, right? right? You get rid of it. So at the end of the day, if that's not something you want, then you don't remarry. Or, you know, whatever the terms are. You just deal with whatever it is as long as you can. But in the sense of the way that the law is written about spousal support, I believe it's absolutely fair. Okay. See, spousal support is fair. Look at my... I think it's fair because everybody is not. Mike is like, you would think Mike has gone through a whole divorce. No, but it's for real. He ain't even been married before. But see, Mike, here's the deal. I think it's fair because if if the laws were written to where you were married, you're automatically entitled to it. I don't think that's fair. I think the te the Texas legislator did a great job of qualifying you first uh -huh. to say if you don't qualify you can't even go on and talk about spousal maintenance right. like the inquiry ends here yeah. i think that's what makes it fair at any point if they if they i after they divorce right what about years later down the line that they eventually qualify for they you know make enough money to where they qualify for it can they refile for it no the divorce is over <laughs> bye y'all niggas be broke initially <laughs> And then come up. <laughs> the divorce. I mean, think about let's let's explore that for a little bit. People would never have no money to do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were, if your spouse could go back to court after y'all are divorced and say, okay, they make more money now. Your spouse hit the lottery after y'all divorced. Mm -hmm. I want to go back and put this person on spousal support. That wouldn't be right. I mean, I people have people fair. come up after they get divorced. That's right. what happens a lot right. of time. That's right. not fair. I agree. That's it. I agree. Unless they were like hiding money from you during. Now that's people. different. You're talking yeah. about fraud. Yeah. Now, like, yeah, yeah that's, that's different. Yeah. Scheming and making drug deals. Scheming and making drug deals. <laughs> yeah, you can come back to court and say, "Hey, I, I didn't know that this was going on or this existed. I'm claiming fraud." Ooh. Perfect example. Okay, so say 
I have a friend, right? Mm-hmm. She dated a music producer. And this music producer just so happened to I write, know this friend. You know this friend. <laughs> she just so happened to marry a producer that produced for a, one of the greatest R&B artists ever. And so they end up getting a divorce, right? But in the uh, in the marriage, she was pushing him to, A, get your credits for these productions so you can start getting royalty checks. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he just never did it. And then they finally get a divorce. And then he finally files for him. And now he's getting these royalty checks. Does she have any right to those? No. Damn. She knew the royalty. Here's the deal. Yeah, we want you to get your shit. Here's the deal. He knew about the royalties already. Yeah. So you can't be aware of something and choose not to do it and think that, oh, okay, I'm gonna come back. You know, I told him about it, so I should get it. No. Now, if for any reason the royalties somehow intertwined with something she was entitled to yeah and it wasn't disclosed to her by him that's different but she knew about the royalties she put him onto it he didn't do it that's no fault legally on him Damn. you know that would entitle her to get Damn. something Man. Sorry, man. We're trying to get the judges. We tried to get you. You tried to get you your 77. You tried to get you your 77. God damn, man. <laughs> All right, so. so I'm guessing she's fighting in court now? No, no. No, she's no. not. She and actually, she she's like us. real chill about yeah, it. Like, it is what it is. Well, she can't well, do anything. So we were the ones who was like, no, you need to get your paper. No, she can't. Too much. Can't do nothing about that. That's 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 unfortunate. Alright, so we look, I said I wasn't gonna be the time police. Hey, this is a good ass episode. I though. haven't been the time police, but we are way over time, guys. <laughs> we, we almost a whole hour over time. We are almost a whole hour over time, but this was an amazing episode, so I'm really excited about this one. But we haven't come to the end of our episode where we're going to play our game of rapid fire. Okay? So, uh, Vonda is new to the show, so she's not familiar with how rapid fire works. So, it is, um, it's quick. Hence the name rapid fire. Okay? (laughs) You know, uh, so I will ask a, a, a list of questions. And in today's rapid fire, um, the name of the game is Who's the guilty party? Da, 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 da. That was my SVU uh music. Okay, okay. right. Uh, so, who is the guilty party? Is it men? Is it women? Or is it both? Okay. So, based on your experience in family law, I'm going to read a scenario. Me and Mike are going to guess who we think the guilty party is. And then, based on your experience, you're going to answer who is the guilty party Based on your experience. Okay. Okay. That's fun. Okay. So, since you are a family judge at this point, because we already said it. Okay. (laughs) So, here is the first one. All right. So, who is the guilty party? Is it men, women, or both? Okay. Um, Who is more likely to ask for a prenup? I think we already talked about this, but. I already forgot, so I'm still going to guess. Okay. So, go ahead and guess. No, I do remember now. You said it was women. Yeah, yeah it was. But she my, said, but my guess would have been men. 
My guess would have been men too. I'm not even gonna lie, but you said it was women. My experience has been women, but no. I would say it's both. Really? Both? Yeah. Okay. But that makes sense now because women are out earning men. Yeah. So I feel That's like because like women are earning yeah. so much these that, that you know. Sense. Yeah. So. All right. So during a divorce, who is the most petty or ruthless? I'm going to say men. I'm going to say women. Both. But come on now. They're come on now. now. Somebody got to be somebody. more petty than the other. No, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Both. But really women. But really niggas though. <laughs> now if you want to ask me something specific, then We're I can tell you men or women. We're coming to the specifics. So who is more likely to ask for a divorce? So who's more likely to file first? Is it men or is it women? My guess is women. Mine's is men. Men. Really? We get tired of y'all, bro. (laughs) We get tired of y'all. That does not surprise me in the least. I feel like it'd be women. Nah. Really? It's women that file for child support first. Okay. That was my next book. Oh. (laughs) likely to ask for sole custody of the children. Women. I, I feel like that's women. That is not women. That is not even a question. Yeah, I feel like that's women. Alright. Who is more likely to ask for the house in the divorce? I feel like that's women too. I would say both. I don't even know. Okay. What do you what is it? Men. Man. Really? That's what I was going to lean towards. Because a lot of men invest a lot of money yep. into in home, a home to bring up the value up. and yep. all that kind of yep. stuff. That and a lot sense. of them do it personally. And they may hire a subcontractor, but a lot of men do that on their own. So, yeah, it's a lot of men. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be women. Okay. Uh, now, they want the house to be sold <laughs> so they can get the proceeds <laughs> and go buy another house. <laughs> <laughs> Who is more likely to bring their new boo to the divorce proceedings? Oh, shit. <laughs> I feel like that's a bad thing. Oh, shit. No, I feel like women would do that shit. Y'all petty as hell, bro. I, and then y'all be trying to take a nigga's nuts away from no, him, bro. No, I feel like that's me manhood. because I have seen men with a new boo and try to bring... What, what would you say? Men. I touched Damn, you. my niggas, I gotta... Leave that, let that hurt go. I, We'll bring her to the divorce hearing yeah. and then let her testify. Let's say something. Let's say something real quick. Come on now. Let's say something real quick. Not testify. Oh, hell no. Yes, testify. Oh, hell no. Okay. Damn. When it comes to a divorce, who is the most like fair or reasonable when it comes to splitting assets and and, and children? Yeah. And, you know, custodial... Uh, all of those things. Who oh, is men. you said men? Yes. I I'm gonna say men too. <laughs> is neither an option? Yeah, yeah. you're the you're yeah. the judge. Everybody yeah. mad. Everybody mad. Everybody, everybody mad. Everybody mad. I can't say one more than the other. Yeah. Okay, so in your experience, who and, and this is not necessarily a um a divorce thing, but you talked about how like people come in and they decide not to get divorced or whatever the case may be. So who, in your experience, who cheats more? Is it men or is it women? So Mike, what's your guess? 
damn. I mean, I feel like it's shifting, but I'm gonna still go with. I'm gonna still go with men. I I think it would be men too. It's women. women. I knew it. Y'all shiesty, bro. Y'all sneaky. Let me tell you the difference between men and women cheating. Men will cheat and lie uh-huh. to protect the female's feelings. That, exactly. Uh-huh. Women cheat and lie. Because they don't feel in love. Everybody else involved in the lie mm. just to try to cover sheesh. up the lie. Sheesh, sheesh, sheesh. That's true why Lucifer you gotta... right there. A true so, Lucifer. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely more women. Female cheating, especially post COVID. Right, it's on the influx. That's why really? I said. That's why. That's why I said it was trend. It's transitioning. It's tr- you did say it was trended up. Okay. All right. So this is my last question. During divorce, who is more likely to ask for financial gain? So, like, who is more likely to fight over the money? This to be second to last. Oh, you got one. Yeah, I got one. Okay. Right. So, who is more likely to fight about money? I feel like that's women. I feel like that's both. Money, both money, y'all both gonna be fighting. Yeah, you think so? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's yours, Mike? My, mine is who is more likely to try to reconcile the divorce? Oh, I feel like that's men. What do you What do you think, Mike? I would say it's men. Men. Yeah. <laughs> I want my baby back. Man. I want my baby back. Come yeah. on, come back, come back, come back. I come know back why. It's the only question we all agree on. <laughs> okay. But it's true. I have seen men are the ones that have bent over backwards a lot of times. Because when women, when we say we're done, we done. We it's it's not that we're just done. We've done so much to get to that point. point. Right. So with the man, it's like, you know, y'all be knowing some of the stuff y'all be doing, right? Right. So it's like look at my face. Yeah, you know nigga. And then, and then even some of the stuff y'all really don't do, but you just feel guilty for that we do. And I see that a lot, unfortunately. Like when women cheat, I've seen a lot of men accept ownership of the reason that she cheated. You know? Really? Yeah. Like I wasn't like giving her no I wasn't giving her enough attention. You know what? I wasn't doing that. I wasn't doing this. You know what? I own that. Even if it doesn't necessarily be his fault, uh-huh. I will say I see a lot of men doing that. Hmm, that surprised me. Yeah, it surprised me. Mike, shut up. You you be acting like we you in a whole clear. relationship. We be thinking clear. You having to go through the fire with somebody. Then you are single. Through shut up, okay? <laughs> So we have reached the end of our podcast. Um, and so we want to give Judge Vonda Bailey a time, time to shout out her socials. If you do not know, she is running for a family court judge in Dallas County. So how can we support you? How can people donate money to your cause? How can people vote for you? What do we have to do? Because I've already spoken into existence that you are going you to be a judge. So it's really already done. But we we in order for us to make sure that it's done, you know, just, just, to, the steps. Put just the, gotta do the steps in just between. Just to stamp on it, you know what I'm saying? So how can we support your cause and how can we get behind you? Well, the first thing you can do is those of you who aren't registered to vote, you can register to vote. Um in Dallas County in particular. After you register to vote, um, of course, you can donate 
I don't want to put a lot of emphasis on donations because I understand post COVID people are going through a lot financially. So the way that you can donate your time is just as equally as important. There's polling when, um, on the days that, you know, early voting and everything like that show up, do my push cards. Hey, both of underwear, a t-shirt. I will give you the t-shirt. Um, I also had these Vonda Bailey vote Vonda pins. Okay. I got y'all. Just let me know what sizes you need. I got you. We wear t-shirts too, but yeah, definitely wear the t-shirts, um, block walking. So, you know, going door to door to people, um, people that may not know me, making sure that you let them know what I'm about. Um, I mean, I did this podcast, so you know a lot about me in terms of some of the things that I will stand for or some of those things that I don't necessarily agree with, right? Um, so that, that's another way you can help. You can also help by word of mouth. Um, follow me on social media, definitely. On Facebook, I'm Vonda Bailey Shaw. On Instagram is no drama because my... Motto is no more drama with Vonda. If you're driving on 67 in Redbird Lane, you'll probably see a billboard there. I seen it. I seen it you're the other day going to a friend's house. I said, we don't have her on the show. Look at my girl. Look at my girl. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Celebrities so here, my, my billboard, and I ran a billboard campaign all over Dallas. I'm from Oak Cliff, born and raised. That's um, my hood. I'm definitely compassionate <laughs> about families and people and making a difference. And just to give you a little background about me, I'm not interested in being a judge because of the prestige. I mean, obviously, you get a license plate that says Texas judge and everything so. like that. I'm not worried about that. I'm more interested in making sure that I leave people in a better position than what they arrived. So I definitely would like your support and vote Vonda March 2022. That's the primary election. And I appreciate it. Well, we want to thank Vonda so much for coming. I I personally can say that I am extremely proud of her. I've seen her rise. You know, me and Vonda are, it's not like we talk every day or anything like that, but. But when I, we link up, yeah, it's, it's, like, like, it's like we never left. Yeah. That's how you do but it. But I feel. Them, them be the best one. Them it be is. The best it one. is. I feel invested. Like, you know, it's like somebody I went to school with, somebody I went to college with, she is actually trying to be a judge in Dallas County. Like, I feel like I have ownership in that. Other people feel like they have ownership in that. So if it, nobody's ever told you before, like, the things that you were doing, we behind you. We feel like we have ownership in that. Somebody I went to school with actually about to be a judge. Like, damn. And you should feel ownership in it you because know? at the end of the day, your public officials are a representation of you. Uh-huh. So anyone that you put in a position that is a judge, city council, mayor, whatever the case may be, they should be a representation of your morals and your values. That's not to say that you're going to agree with everything that they necessarily stand for and everything that they ne- necessarily say, but they should be a representation of who you are mm-hmm. and some of the change that you want to see out there in the community. Right. right. And I, I definitely feel like she, me, and she, she is me. I is she, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we is we, we is we, we, we here. each other. Here. <laughs> so I just want to let you know that we are, I'm, I am so proud of you. Like you. I, I have been looking, and I have been supporting. I, and, and Mike said he's honored to have met you, you. And, and we are honored to have you on the show and 
we are behind you. I'll be honest. I'm not about to go knock on nobody's door, but I am going to financially support because I don't have the time. But I got the money, okay? So don't worry about it. We are going to, we as a um, as a podcast, we're going to make financial donations. I appreciate so. it. Uh, but I really want to see you do well. And, and you already a judge because we have already called it. And I have said it is so, so it is going to be so. Okay? Oh, I believe so. I received it. What is your, um, also, I don't think you said, or I don't know if you made this clear, but she also has a YouTube channel where she does her child support course. So can you give everybody your YouTube information so they can subscribe and all that stuff? Absolutely. Um, if you search on YouTube support court with Judge Vonda B, I am Judge Vonda B. <laughs> <laughs> that is me. Y'all, Yo, it's funny. I was like, why has nobody ever thought of this before? <laughs> it is hilarious. And you know, at the end of every segment, I do an educational portion just to educate people about the child support laws in Texas. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason why I got into it. I wanted to make sure that people knew their rights Mm -hmm. because I understand that there is a huge community of people that are unable to afford attorneys and or don't trust attorneys and don't want to hire them. So for that population of people, I wanted to make sure that you at least had a voice in child support court so you could know some of the things that you need to ask when you go in there, some of the evidence that you needed to present, some of the things that the judge is looking for for you to say so you can adequately represent yourself in court. I mean, that part. that's it. That's it. What she said. What she said. Okay, so... Uh, we have come to the end of our podcast. We want to thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram at Short Answers Pod. You can follow Mike on Instagram at uh, Mike from SALD. Yep. Is that what it is? Yeah, okay. It is. Mike from SALD. Also, if you have questions, topics, please send it to us in our DM for our quickies. And then if you have any questions or advice that you want to ask us, please... Um, Send us emails. It's at shortanswerspod at gmail or it's shortanswerspod at gmail.com. We really appreciate it. I want to thank you guys so much for supporting us, for getting behind us. We are 25 episodes in, and you know, to God be the glory, we'll have 25,000 more. All right. So, Mike, is that your spirit fingers? That's my my praise and worship. Yeah. Short Answers Law Discussions Podcast. Thank you, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.